The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Tamarindo Podcast. Un podcast para ti. Y para mí. Tamarindo Podcast is amigos. Luis Octavio. And Brenda Gonzalez. Talking race, politics, food, and life. We are your socially conscious talk show with a Latino vibe. Woo, claro que sí. On this very political episode of the Tamarindo Podcast, we welcome our guest, Javiera Cartagena, who is going to give you some great tips for interns and dish politics with me. And then we have our good friend, Garden Grove Mayor Bao Nguyen, telling us his Tenorovera name and all about his candidacy for Congress. Welcome. Welcome to Tamarindo episode three. Yes. We made it. Welcome yes. back. <laughs> yes, very exciting. This, if you don't know, we try to produce this show twice a month. Yes. So if you missed us, we're back. Ya estamos de regreso. Yes, we're back for some more. Thank you. I want to say thank you to the people that have written us reviews. I know. That is so awesome. The, the more reviews we get, the more people listen, and then eventually we'll be able to afford nice things like like a microphone stand. Yes. <laughs> and maybe we'll get paid, and maybe I can quit my job finally, and then I'll have a nice house well, we're and dreaming. a nice Why car. Not? And, uh. so, so please take, take a second. We're on iTunes now. We're, we're like super legit. So please take a second to write us a review. And if we can't tell who you are just by your review, email us at tamarindopodcasts at gmail.com. And we will be uh, giving you Selena balloons. Yes. To the, we're going to do a little raffle. Uh, we're giving away five balloons. Um, so far, there's five of you that reviewed. So all of you will get one if, if more people don't <laughs> review. But please make it harder for them. We want more reviews. Yes, claro que sí. Uh, the Selena, anything for Selena's balloon from Globitos. So keep reviewing. And, and again, to those who have reviewed, awesome reviews. Great feedback. It's Really, really cool. Thank yeah, you. We're Muchas super gracias. Excited. Okay, so moving on into the show, uh, Luis. How are you? I haven't seen you in a couple weeks. What's new? ¿Qué pasa? I know. I haven't. I feel like it's been forever. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, ¿qué pasa? Uh, I actually last night Fernando and I went to go see um, the drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Whoa, Race. Oh, how fun! Yes. In Orange County. Yes. What? It, yeah, I know. It was really, really cool. It was at the uh, Grove of Anaheim, mm-hmm. right by the Angel Stadium, mm-hmm. and so it was really cool. Actually, what did you like the best? Okay, here's the thing that I like the best was the people that attended this event. And the reason why I say that was because everybody was so friendly and it was like everybody knew each other because obviously they're uh, RuPaul's Drag Race um, uh, fans. They watch the show. Mm -hmm. So everybody was commenting on the on the drag queens that were there. And and it just felt very familia like. I love it. That sounds great. Yeah. 
Great. Well, uh, ¿qué pasa with me? I, I'll keep it very brief. We have a lot of great people on this show today. Well, two of them, but a very yes. long, nice interview. So we want to keep this part short. But I do want to say that I, I was very lucky to be in Washington, D.C. Uh, earlier this week. And I was with, along with a lot of other um, civil rights advocates and immigrant rights advocates, we were at the Supreme Court wow. outside because it was a historic uh, case right now that's being reviewed by the court. They are taking a look at President Obama's administrative relief and possibly, depending on how they decide, uh, finally being able to um, provide some immigration relief to about 4 million people estimated. Wow, that, so it's great. Yeah, that's... It was such great energy to be there. I bet. It's pretty historic. And, and I mean, yeah, to be there must be otro rollo, no? Yeah, hashtag fight for families if you want to check out um, all the great activity that took took place there. And this kind of leads us to the the uh, the recipient of our porra, our yes. chiquiti boom. Our chiquiti boom goes to? It goes to Sophie Cruz, uh, who is a six-year-old immigrant rights advocate. Mm -hmm. She... Um, she spoke at the at outside of the steps of the Supreme Court and she talked about how it is her right to not live in fear. So she's she's only six years old and she's already uh, a great leader in in the making. So her. Matraca and Porra for Sophie Cruz. All right, Sophie. And you know what? I'm I'm kind of craving some beer, Luis. Eh, sí, yo creo que yo también porque tengo una <laughs> Are you hungover? Sí, super. All right, here are the dog. Luis is going to go get some beer for us. Okay, ya vengo. Okay. And while Luis is getting us some cold chelas, I want to play for you an interview that we did last night of my good friend Javier Cartagena. And don't mind our neighbors, the, the band rehearsing next door. A little bit of background music for you, but enjoy. So I have my very special friend, Javiera Cartagena. Who, hello. Hello. Say hello, everybody. Um, who has, her entire career has been working for elected officials, specifically for some progressive people in Orange County, which is a very conservative county. What, what? Yep. So she's she knows all about breaking barriers. So we're going to dish a little bit of politics and maybe give you all some career tips at the end of this. So first, I want to hear from you, Javiera, what is your take on this election? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on this show. I think it's a great idea to kind of um, have this new podcast for people and listen to you of kind of all races and for Latinos and me, myself being Chilean. It's just an, such an incredible honor to be here with you, Brenda. Thank you. We're all about diverse Latinos here. Not yeah. just the Mexicans. We've got some Chileans. Chileans. Well, you know, after I renewed my passport, just in case for this election cycle. Oh, why? Because of Trump? <laughs> you thought you might get deported? I might get deported. <laughs> Canada is looking pretty good right now, you know. I know, um, it is true. I'm thinking of Germany, if I need to have an exit strategy. I have a little crush on Trudeau, so... I mean, that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's amazing. What is your take on this crazy election season? Well, um, I think that people have been disillusioned by this political cycle in so many ways. We have seen kind of both uh, parties just been kind of polarized and people are really to the left or really to the right and I think that 
like me being a political kind of operative all these years, I think I'm just being disillusioned by the whole concept of politics. I mean, I started when I was very young, precinct walking in the streets. And how young? How, no, how young have you been walking the streets? How long? <laughs> well, let me clarify that. <laughs> precinct walking, different than walking the streets. <laughs> but um, since 17, probably 18, and, you know, I started volunteering our first political campaigns and you know you go to people's homes and they either welcome you you know some you know I I walked in Santa Ana and they were pretty receptive you know I was younger and maybe with the pigtails helped somewhat (laughs) I know I generally I I used to precinct walk pretty young too and generally I had a pretty positive experience yeah Yeah. and so you know and, and people really wanted to hear what I needed to say about each candidate that I spoke about and, um, you know, they would say, oh, you, mija, do you want some water or pan dulce? And it was usually it, like the summers leading up to the primary oh, elections. Absolutely. The summers are the worst. But um, but now, you know, I, I've done a lot of, of walking the past few years and there's just been this apathy and people just don't want to open the doors, don't want to talk about anything. Now, and, is it because you, you're no longer 17 or is it because people are disillusioned? <laughs> well, I, thank it's probably you. probably because they're disillusioned. <laughs> Maybe it's a little bit of both <laughs> but I I think that you know I, there's this apathy in that uh, politicians are not doing their jobs but we have this incredible platform to choose our, a candidate that can potentially have a lot of influence over the years we have um, uh, the judiciary system we have uh, our Supreme Court we you know there's Obama, so much that people just, should be paying attention right. to and and I think it's it's interesting Latinos have a lot of voice but even in the own Latin communities we've, we've having a lot of difficulties trying to get Latinos to vote and especially in the last couple of elections especially in Orange County where people are just not being heard and I think that um, we are uh, as a society need to be educated on on voting on on other practices as well to to be excited about uh, the electoral system and I think people are just not excited and the noise and the negative rhetoric, rhetoric of it's not, uh, helpful, it's not helpful at well, all I think I mean I think you, you kind of touched on something really important because it's true that um, Latinos are such a there's so many of us, and we could be such a powerful voting block. And I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily because people are um, not interested, but mainly it's so, because it's so negative and so um, e- difficult to lose hope that I think that's really the the large reason why folks aren't engaged. Right, and I think people are, you know, they have a lot going on. You know, they have to feed their families, they have to work every day. You know, they're tired. So the last thing you want to do is put on the TV and listen to someone tell them that they're going to be deported or they're going to or that they can't practice their religion or, you know, it's just the bigotry and the racism. And and then you see thousands of people gathering at these rallies um, for these candidates and especially Trump. And it's just it's just such such disillusionment for it's heartbreaking, Latina. but it I think the only the only positive thing is that I think it's it's so atrocious that there's so many supporters for this this license to hate that Trump provides. The Absolutely. only positive is that I think it's motivating a lot of people that have been disengaged to get involved. So that's I think that's the silver lining is that it, it hopefully will turn on a lot of people to get because it's really serious. Like there's real and true consequences if you look like 
not a white man. <laughs> like, basically, that's the only I person. I told you, yeah. I renewed my passport. Yeah, yeah, because who knows, knows when we're up for deportation. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, so, okay, I think we all we can all agree that, that Trump is bad news, and it's, it's appalling and shocking that he's the lead candidate. Were you surprised to see him get this far? Absolutely. I think that the, you know, when I first kind of started getting engaged and, you know, I, at first you're kind of like, okay, okay, what's going on? Then you're a little bit, um, okay, my, my antennas are just kind of up now. And then now I'm like, dear Lord, is this really happening in America? And, you know, Obama was just in Europe. And I think the number one question that they asked him was like, what's going on with your election? I mean, it was already embarrassing enough to be American abroad during Bush. But this is ridiculous. (laughs) I would welcome Bush to any Trump. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and I think that you know, I think for me, the the most disheartening thing is to see people being rallied and and encouraged by this behavior, and that's not what America is all about. Yeah, and I, it's very that's un-American. not how you know my parents and myself immigrated in in this country. Like we came from Chile, which is, you know, we, we had a you my escaped parents, dictatorship. Yeah, my in. my parents didn't have a youth, you know, and and to come. To from that to to this right here it's it's very it's very scary yeah okay so now let's turn to the democrats and the, the, what about the tone on the democratic primary what are your thoughts on that well you know we just had the new york um primary and uh hillary was the winner on that and i, I think i think yeah yeah, you know, I'll be honest. I was I've been a Hillary supporter supporter since the beginning. So funny because so have I. But you have to be kind of. It's funny because you have to be very like they do. Like I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm making a confession, but I'm a Hillary yeah. supporter. <laughs> but I think the difference was, you know, when it was a, it was heartbreaking t- to see when um, I didn't know Senator Obama at the time. So. Um, Again, was a Hillary supporter, and so when Hillary didn't get the nomination, we oh, all the first felt, time around. The first time mm-hmm. around, we did, we didn't, we felt like, oh, she was robbed, and um, all these things. Now I think there's, you know, kind of a healthy debate, and there's, I, I, I am proud of our of our candidates. I think they've done amazing things. Um, I also think that there's a lot of, um, uh, again, polarization. I think. There's people that really want that kind of revolution that Bernie is talking about. And other people are more practical, maybe, and think, you know, hey, Hillary knows how to work this in the system. In Within the, the system. system. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and I'm not saying that, you know, Bernie is not practical or, or anything like that. But I, I think there's a healthy, I, I'm proud of, of the debates. I think I like the dialogue that is happening. Um, I think that Hillary will get the nomination. And Yeah, it seems yeah, very, very likely very that likely. there's... There's nothing really that's going to dispute that. It seems very likely. I mean, to me, I think what I what I have noticed in the um, all of the elections, all the, the primaries and things that that the the Bernie has won has been largely um, minorities. I think minorities are going to decide to select this primary, and they've selected Hillary. <laughs> I mean, I I, I that, to New York to me, I was really waiting to see the results in New York, but it was a, a, an affirmation. Now, when there's diversity, Bernie's not going to do well. So you've had a lot of experience working for elected officials. I want to, later on the show, we're going to have Bao Win, who's a very young person who's running for office. He's the mayor of Garden Grove. He's now running for Congress. I want to hear your thoughts about, about that. But before we get to Bao, um, you've had a lot of experience working with young staffers and a lot of people, uh, especially in California, it, it might be the case in other states. I'm not very familiar, but... 
Um, I think a lot of people get their start in politics by being first maybe volunteers on a campaign, eventually being on staff in a campaign, maybe running for office after they get that exposure. So what what could you tell us about your experiences working for elected officials? Uh, what am I allowed to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe we can start with just like, tell us no. a little bit about yourself. How did you get no. started in working in politics? Sure. Well, I, you know, I, I come from a political family, political background. So um, I studied political science. And one of the things, the first things that they ask you to do is, um, hey, uh, the, all the emails that you get is a please volunteer for a campaign, and right, you know we'll give you a pizza. Jobs for that, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Subway. I, I, to this day, I still cannot eat Subway. Oh my gosh, me either. <laughs> I would specifically request like no Subway at meeting. I can't. <laughs> Isn't that funny? But you know, so you start your career, you learn, you learn to listen a lot, you learn to do those jobs that you normally are not glamorous. You know, a lot of people think, oh, it's so glamorous to work for an elected official. Like, hey, you do everything from getting coffee to to making decisions, and it's everything in between. And so, yeah, you got to learn about the issues, and you you make important negotiations. And the funny thing is, in working for an elected official. By the nature of the job, you're representing someone else, so you can't take credit for all the hard work that you do. You're doing it on behalf of someone else. Oh, absolutely. And I think you have to have a lot of humility and and know that the work that you do it has a greater meaning and means a lot more, you know, than just you getting credit for that. I mean, you're affecting millions of people potentially by the decisions that you make so I think it's 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 a very you know kind of interesting job because in in such an individualistic country and I think America uh, it's values that very much yeah yeah. so I think that um, you know working for the community and having that public service spirit is is very worthy of of being you know a, a young professional yeah, so um, so imagine I imagine that a lot of the people that you work with, in, at some point you manage a staff, they're all very young, and some of them start <laughs> as interns. Um, and I know with it, oh, our God. show, the Tamarindo podcast, is for a lot of young people, for millennials. So I want to hear from you, what are some, some takeaways, some tips that young people can walk away with as they start their political careers, maybe as a staffer or an intern? Well, there's a lot of do's and don'ts as, a, as an intern. I think that... Um, it's definitely changed over the years. Um, I've had very qualified interns and and some that you know needed some work, but um, I the beginning I think that we we I think we dubbed the term skin turn. Oh, what is a skin turn? Escándalo. Escándalo. A skin turn is a an intern who shows too much skin. Um, at work, inappropriate. You know, <laughs> ladies, please do not wear clothing that you wore to the club the night before. Um, that is good not tip. appropriate. That's a good you know? tip. Just because you're 22 doesn't <laughs> and, mean you got to wear the same and outfit I'm to the club. Sometimes, you know, I, you know <laughs> just because it looks just good, just because it, it fits, good, you know, it's and not it, appropriate for the workplace. And I think you know, we are. There's a lot of you know. Um, uh, with with young people, we have to prove ourselves a lot more. So you know, you have to you have to be professional in that environment. And I think the attitude. Um, a lot of a lot of young professionals, I think they they fall back on on kind of having this. Well, you know, I have a college education. I don't have to do those kind of uh, minute and menial jobs. I I 
should be doing something more. But so they you know, have you, they kind of come in with a chip on the shoulder. Oh, absolutely, chip on the shoulder, or you know, just kind of being very haughty about what they're they're about to do and you know sometimes you'll be data and you know inputting or putting name tags together i mean yeah i mean my career now and i was assembling (laughs) name tags like it's just part of the job like you just gotta you gotta have some humility to succeed wherever you are yeah and i think that those interns that i remember the most are those the ones that really went the extra mile to have a smile on their face and treat everybody with respect and um, work really hard and really ask questions and take uh, initiative and look for opportunities. Well, look- great. Um, what, um, any other major tips for the um, interns or young staffers? I, I think for me, the attitude is just kind of what really, when, when an intern really shines, it's just having a really positive attitude. You're not going to be, again, you're not going to be doing you know, making decisions all the time. But I think um, looking for opportunities to do a better job and and to um, look, not only look busy, but ask for more work, you know, because I I totally saw when people were on Facebook and and social media and please, please don't put pictures up that you're not going to be proud of, you know. Because people can look up your social media. Employers look at that all the time. I know it's, I've, you know, we've been telling people over and over again, but you know, I still find things, you know. Yeah, and, and this can, is a good tip for both the, yeah. the staffers and the elected officials. <laughs> Watch out what you put on the internet. <laughs> totally, yeah. Uh, thinking of you, wiener. <laughs> um, okay. Yes, what else? Uh, let's think. So I want to know, you're obviously very smart. You've had a couple, a couple of um, I don't know about that. Several elected officials under your belt, um, working <laughs> let's, with them. Let, yes, working let, for let's them, mostly that. women. <laughs> um, and now you've left Orange County. In Orange County, you know, it's a bit of a suburbia. And now you're here in, in downtown L.A. You're my neighbor, by the way. Javiera hey. lives in downtown L.A. in the city. I'm an Angelino, finally. I, I think that that's something that I dreamt as a little girl, like being a true Angelino. But I, I, I love Orange County. But it was, you know, I got to tell you, Brenda, it was so hard being a Democrat in Orange County. It's true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. So our next guest is Bao. Um, who is Bao Wayne, who's one of three candidates running progressive, three Democrats, I should say, the only progressive candidate. Um, and the, the thing that's really refreshing about Bao is he's very young. He's our peer. So our peer. what tips because- do you have for, for someone like Bao to to, rep- to be a Democrat in Orange County? <laughs> I don't think he needs any of my tips. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I think that he really needs to just make uh, partnerships and collaborations and, and really deliver for for those who are who are making these asks. And not only what I can do for you, but what you can do for me. And it's, it has to be very... Um, symbiotic when you're when you're working in Orange County and and not so polarizing you know not this kind of you know I'm I'm it's either this or or the highway kind of thing but you kind of have to work towards solutions and not division I think yeah I think that oh that's wonderful working towards solutions I love that great awesome well you know I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it to the questions that we ask every candidate Oh, sorry, not candidate. Look at you. I'm already putting you to run for I know, office. Right? No, every no. Um, every guest. <laughs> so this is the Tamarindo podcast, and we like to ask our guests if they were a telenovela, whether they were a telenovela star or the name of their telenovela, what would your, would your tel- telenovela be? Either your name or, or the name of your show. 
Oh my gosh! So I think my name is pretty interesting. So it is pretty interesting. I, I would have. I would love to have my Javiera Cartagena. You know, just Javiera Cartagena. Yeah. Um, in the desert in or the something. Desert, yeah. <laughs> or like on a horse, you know, or you know, or or going. Javiera blind. Cartagena, la revolucionaria. La revolucionaria. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, just. Um, so my name comes from Javiera Carrera, who was who was uh, one of our uh, founders in in Chile. So a lot of people think it's a patriarchal name, but in fact, it's uh, it was actually very patriotic. And this they, is great, was, yeah. Because I thought maybe was, your dad was named Javier, and no, you were just Javiera. No, no. Oh. Javiera. So during you know during the eighties, it was it was you know still during dictatorship. So a lot of people you know were very much into that revolution spirit. So I was named under, uh, I was named. Uh, after Javiera Carrera. So I, I'm very proud of my name, even though it's nobody can cool. pronounce it. You should have seen me when I first got to Mission Viejo and, and, and went to school in Javiera. Javiera. Javiana. Javi. Javi. Did you have a nickname? No. <laughs> You're like, no, it's Javiera. It was hard enough not to, you know, be noticed with, you know, with a thick <laughs> accent. <laughs> okay, the next question we ask all our guests, because Latinos have the best snacks... What is your favorite snack? Ooh, that's interesting. Um, like Latino snacks. It could so be I am snack. a huge fan of Mexican candy, and at work, um, I don't know who brings it. I have no idea, but somebody brings those little tamarindo balls, and it, you know, with the <gasps> are they chile? wrapped in sugar or chili? No Ooh, chili. Oh, yum! Chile. And I am obsessed with them, and I probably eat 50 a day at work, and it's probably not very healthy, but those mm. are my favorite Tamarindo is your favorite snack? This is, is amazing. It is. It totally Love is. Love it. Mexican snack, yeah. The last question, you know, we have a segment here where we throw the chancla at something. It could be a person, it could be a thing, because we have concept. Who are you throwing the chancla at this time? Well, I, th- I throw the chancla at Trump every day, but... Yes. Um, <laughs> But today, I think um, I'm going to throw the chancla at Random Bar Guy. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. We love Random Bar Guy. Yeah, Why? Where does he get guy. it? So he gets it because I was there. Um, um, I don't know. I was I was talking to someone about just being in politics and all, all these, you know, um, issues that sometimes us females we encounter um in the process and he said oh um you you still encounter that and you there's like still he was appalled that there's sexism in the workplace yes. like it was in like a like well that still exists yeah and and i i was just appalled by the fact you know i don't need you to be a representative of of women and and women's rights but you know and, don't be and, in denial that yeah, there's that inequalities there's not, and issues that we don't make enough money you know or you know equal equal money um equal pay and there's still a lot of issues and, and it's still very much in politics a uh, uh, an old boys club and i i know that you know that that's why i like working for strong uh females that are latinas and that are uh very much uh progressive and smart and i just i i found that so incredibly you know just not in, well informed. denial yeah and denial. that guy gets a chancla he gets chancla, a chancla for that guy chancla for that guy all right well that brings us to the end of our political talk Javiera, you're welcome back on the show anytime. Oh, thank you. There's still a it. few months before the primaries in California, which we're based in L.A., and then we still have no- the November election, so I think there's plenty of opportunities to dish politics on the show. Awesome. 
Thank, thank you, you so for much. joining us yeah. here at the Tamanisa Podcast. Thank you. Yay! What do you have there? Cervezas. Woo! Matraca for cervezas. We have cervezas because everybody says that they want to have beer with the president. And I see a future president in our next guest. Uh, Luis, who's joining us? We are joined by the one and only Bao. Mayor Bao. Mao Win. Hi. Matraca for Bao. Yay. We should tell our guests who you are. So you are historic because you are the only openly gay mayor in Orange County. I'm the first one, yeah. The first one. Also, extremely young. Super joven. I think you're... Are you still a millennial? Do you know if you, you, be, if you be... If you yeah, be... Let's just say is. you are. Yes. Still a millennial. It's a big span, so you're under it. <laughs> okay. And then uh, another thing about your historic seat, not only the first openly gay mayor, but... How many votes got you to be the mayor of Garden Grove? I won by a margin of 15 votes. Wow. To become the first immigrant, person of color, Vietnamese American, youngest, openly gay mayor of Garden Grove. Wow. wow. Congratulations. Matrika for that, for sure. Historic. And this is why it's so important to get out there and vote. Only 15 votes got you there. That yes. is insane. Yeah, there was a recount, too. Uh-huh. And reaffirming that you won. Yes. It's amazing. <laughs> Great. And then right before that, before you were the mayor of Garden Grove, uh, where were you? I served on the Garden Grove Unified School District Board of Education, where I led a community effort to establish the first Spanish-English and Vietnamese-English dual immersion program. Wow, that's so great. And and I I have to say that the way I first was impressed by Bao is by knowing that he's trilingual. And just like, I mean, you pretty much embody the community of Orange County. You can speak Spanish, you can speak English, you can speak Vietnamese. I mean, wonderful. You can actually connect with all of your, I mean, there's plenty of other languages, but those are very predominantly represented languages in your district. So that's amazing. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that. Estudié español en Cuernavaca, Morelos, wow. a la wow. Universidad Internacional. Wow, look at that. And what are you up to now? I am running for U.S. Congress to replace Loretta Sanchez. Wow, that's amazing. And you will be, if elected, when you're elected? I'll be the first ever openly gay immigrant to serve in the House of Representatives. Wow, that's so cool. That is amazing. I mean, tell us a little bit about your background and what got you interested in pursuing this path. You know, I'm a proud immigrant. My mom was eight months pregnant with me in the womb when my family escaped Vietnam illegally in the middle of the night through the underground. And two of my sisters were uh, separated from us and left behind with relatives. So I always think back about that and uh, wonder why so many immigrants would leave and come to this country. And for my parents, it's because they couldn't live under a corrupt and oppressive government. So I want to make sure that we don't have those kinds of conditions here in America. Well, what do you think of the the tone of the presidential election and and thinking in terms of like your your family escaped? Is there any lessons learned that we might want to take note um, looking at some of the candidates this election? 
Yeah, I think it's really important that as immigrants, we define America for ourselves because we are a land of immigrants. And when any candidate is out there being anti-immigrant, you know, spreading hateful rhetoric, that we call them on it and we put them in check. And also, at the same time, we build power within our own communities to bring out the vote so that we have representatives for us. That's great. I mean, it's it's so important for somebody like yourself who is very relatable to run for, for these positions, right? But what do you say to the young voters out there that may be a little lazy or they may not want to go out and vote? Or how do you get them to, to go out and, and cast their vote? You know, voting is so easy. You know, you can register to vote online. You can do it from my website, bao2016.com slash register. That's B-A-O 2016.com slash register. It takes two minutes, literally. And you can get your ballot at home weeks before the actual election date. And you can take your time. But be sure to turn in your ballot. And if you are late on that and you happen to have your ballot at home still and it's election day, then bring it into the polls. And uh, something important to note for the people that might be get excited and register to vote, what do they need to do, register as, to vote for you? They can register as a Democrat or uh, any party, really, because at the congressional level, uh, is an open primary in California. So the top two will make it into the general election in November. Oh, that's good. I, I didn't realize that it is different for um, the congressional. That's, yeah. that's a good, important piece of information. Yeah, for president, is different. If you want to vote in the Democratic uh, nomination, then you would have to register as decline to state, which actually is no party preference now, or a Democrat. Okay, so voting is no longer easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you showed us that it's a little complicated, but I have faith in, in young people that they can figure it yeah. out, and old people, and any kind of people. Whatever you. you do, don't <laughs> register as American Independent, because that's actually a right-wing anti-immigrant party. That sounds crazy. Okay, that's good. Good to know. So, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about how we came to know Bao because we've been lucky enough to know him for some time now and and um and it, it to me it's crazy that one of my friends is you know so important and the, the first true. and you know it, which is awesome but we met back when last episode 20, you talked about 2009 2009 we met back in 2009 and um what were you doing then I was a community organizer. I organized local churches, senior citizens, and we were able to establish the first senior busing program in Garden Grove. And it's really cool because now as mayor, I'm voting on something that I helped start on the outside. That's awesome. Yeah, and I also you know, worked with Brenda, and we organized a lot of folks in Santa Ana to be engaged in the Building Healthy Communities Initiative, mm-hmm. which is a part of the California Endowment. Perfect. So did you always have like in your head that you wanted to to do this? Like I know that you were talking about your experience and and the fact that your parents came out here as immigrants and and, and so on. But at what point in your life did did, did it click and you were just like, you know what, this is what I want to do. And this is how I'm going to what I'm going to do to pursue it. Yeah, I always grew up wanting justice, wanting things to be right. Mm -hmm. And I'm always, you know, 
someone who's very keen to what's wrong with things. So I would point it out and I would argue it. But what really got me interested in, a, in electoral politics is when Congresswoman Loretta Sanchez uh, ran for re-election, her first re-election in 1998. I was a senior in high school, and she had unseated a racist homophobe that was representing Garden Grove and Orange County in Congress. That's Bob Dornan. And he wanted his seat back. So he was saying that that woman, Loretta, won, won the election because she was having folks from TJ uh, getting bussed over here and jammed, packed into pickup trucks. And that's how she won. And just making up fairy tales. He was basically advancing these false stories and claims. It was absurd because it was actually the Republican Party that was fined in the late 80s for uh, intimidating Latino voters specifically by hiring poll guards. So that made my blood boil, just hearing that there is this person in our government being so racist and anti-immigrant. And I know where I come from. So that's what got me involved. I would volunteer for Loretta Sanchez and go to events just to meet her and take a picture with her. And now I'm running to replace her because she's running for U.S. Senate. Right. You know, this week, um, I've been seeing a lot of videos on Facebook about um, people being proud of being immigrant and, 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 and not being ashamed of it and, and, and not hiding it. Right. So every time I hear you speak and every time I've read, sto- you know, articles about you or seen you on TV, you, it seems to me like you're always so proud of your back background, right, of how you came out here into the United States and your parents' story. Was it always like that? Did you always have, because, for example, when you were in high school or in junior high school, right? I mean, it's it's very difficult to 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 grow up. I think here in the U.S. Um, and 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 having maybe somebody bully you around, and so to add on to to the or the already struggle in junior high or high school. But at that point, were you did were you? saying like, oh, yeah, I came here as an immigrant or... Or valuing being an immigrant as an asset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think so. I think that I've always been different. I mean, you know, I grew up uh, also queer uh, and and a minority uh, in in an immigrant family where, where my parents don't speak English. So I think it's not so much a sense of pride or anything like that, but that's just who I am. And, you know, it it allows me to better understand people who are different, you know, and I think that's really important because to me, that's, in a sense, liberating more so than, um, you know, being being confining or, or being oppressive. And I think that's why you're so relatable to so many people because it's, it, it, it like like what you just said. I mean, it's liberating, and at least for me, I, I definitely can relate because I come from like immigrant parents as well, and and um, coming here to the United States was very difficult. So I think that that's important that you're relatable, and I mean, this is why you're winning and you're becoming the first in all these other things, right? So yeah, winning for me for sure. Yeah, winning in my heart. <laughs> Thank you. But, but uh, actually, bringing it back to how do we get you to win? Tell me, tell us a little bit about this this particular camp, like this election for you. What are the challenges? I'm running in a field with eight candidates total. Wow. I'm on the top of the ballot, so my name is listed first. Uh, there's four 
Latinos mm -hmm. in the race, one of them being a, a former state senator who is uh, seen as a front runner in this district. And there are also three Caucasians running. Uh, I'm the only Asian American. I'm the only immigrant on the Democratic side. I'm the only openly gay candidate. And I'm the youngest. And, and something else, too, I would say that you're also the only one that's quite bold about legalization. That's right. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit more about that and, and the courage it takes to, to be as bold as you are on that issue? Sure. Well, as a city mayor, being mayor of Garden Grove, I've had to deal with public safety concerns due to dispensaries who are operating illegally in my city. And I don't want to see those dispensaries operating illegally in my city. It's a public safety concern. It's a concern for the surrounding businesses. And I think the solution is to regulate, control, and tax it so that we can generate the revenue necessary to hire more police to regulate and control it. And also, the reality is, at the federal level, marijuana is classified under Schedule One, which means that it has no medicinal value. That's just absurd that our government would be saying that cannabis which has been shown to help so many patients, children with epilepsy, uh, veterans, so many pe people who have cancer. And I've met some of these folks. And it is terrible that the government would get in the way of folks accessing their medication in a safe way. And in addition to that, Schedule 1 also prevents those in the cannabis industry to access banking services. So now it being a cash-only business, <laughs> it is not safe. So that's why, as a member of Congress, I will make this a priority to deschedule cannabis. Well, and, and those are all extremely important points. Uh, another possible benefit, too, is that um, many, many people in our community, black and brown folks, who use marijuana as much as uh, people that are, that are not black and brown, um, unfortunately are are going to jail at higher rates. So I think there's also perhaps some other social benefits to legalization. There definitely are. You know, the prison industrial complex, which uh, drives so many black and brown youth into the criminal justice system, is really an injustice. Because we're looking at folks that have not committed any kind of violent crimes. And the war on drugs has failed. It has failed miserably and it's hurt so many young people and families. While at the same time, we have Wall Street bankers who have put our economy to a near collapse, paying $5 billion in fines, yet none of them are in jail. That is wrong. And that is just indicative of how broken Washington is and why we need to reform it. Bravo. Matraco yeah. for that. <laughs> we love, we love Bao. Yes, we do. Bao, <laughs> can you tell us what have been, uh, as being a candidate, I know there's been a lot of fun fundraisers. Uh, I, I, tell me, I, I, to me, I've seen the coolest concepts in your fundraisers. What are some of the coolest fundraisers you've had? I just came back from a fundraiser in Oakland at the Gateway Incubator, and that is a cannabis industry 
um, incubator that brings together entrepreneurs, technology. And it's amazing because we're seeing the development of real tools to help the industry become safer and provide better service to patients and you know local businesses. I think it's a great thing. And we had a lot of fun. It was uh, at a really cool building, you know, architecturally, mm-hmm. it, looked, it looked and felt like you were on a ship. Um, so that was a lot of fun. That was a recent one. And I think that I also heard of Pozole. Was it Pozole for Bao? That's right. We had Pozole for Bao. <laughs> I love oh, it. That sounds yeah. so good right now. That was delicious. Rafa uh, made Pozole. And we also had uh, some uh, Son Jarocho dancers oh, some and music. some music. And just real people getting together and sharing you know, their concerns and their expectations of government. And that's another thing that I personally like about Bao and his campaign is that, you know, he's not just taking or you're not just taking the the picture with the holding the baby. You're actually holding the pozole bowl. Holding the pozole bowl. (laughs) Yes. And it's delicious. (laughs) (laughs) It's very exciting. Well, I I know it's a very challenging race, but um, as uh, a Latina from Orange County, to me, I find you to be the, the candidate that's best suited to represent the Latino community. I think you've given us many examples of how you um, identify with, with our stories. And also, I mean, it's, I think it's important to know that, that it's a, we're a very young demographic. And it's refreshing and exciting to see someone that's connected to us, the youth. And um, someone that's our, our friend, somebody that like we went to high school, we went to school with. So it's super exciting, and we wish you all the best. Yes. Thank, thank you so much. Tell us again your website. It's bao2016.com. That's B, B de Becca, A-O, <laughs> 2016.com. Awesome. Well, we, we have a series of questions that yes. we ask all of our guests. It's going to get I'm cool in the, right now. I'm in the it's going to get cool because before oh, it was cool. not. Okay. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yay. It's going to get real, <laughs> real right. quick. What are those questions? So the first question we'd like to ask our guest is, if you had a telenovela, what would the title be? Or if you were a character in a telenovela, what would your name be? Oh, I I think that my... A character would be Mauricio. <laughs> oh, that is so great! I love it, Mauricio. Yes. Oh my God, I, we're gonna have to hashtag that one. I yeah, love for it, sure. Mauricio. Mauricio for Congress. Yes, yes. Mauricio. Mauricio. <laughs> nice. And then um, also, uh, what is your favorite dessert? My favorite dessert or snack. Gummy bears. Gummy mm. bears? Do you have a favorite color? Yes, the green ones. What? The green one? The strawberry. I, I will buy a bunch of packets and I'll give you all the green ones because I do, do not like those. But o- only the green ones from Haribo. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, but have you had panditas? No, what are those? Okay, we're going to bring you some panditas. Yes. It's Mexican gummy bears yes. and I swear to you it's, it's better. Next time I'm in Tijuana, I'll get... I'll get you a pack. It's, yes. Is it sour too? No. no. Uh-uh. It's just perfect. It's okay. delicious. Awesome. Yeah, they do taste different. So. I want some. They're, they're yummy. <laughs> You'll get some. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And then also we have a segment um, on, on our Tamarindo podcast called La Chancla. So who would you throw La Chancla to? It could be a person, place, thing, idea. I throw it at xenophobia. Yes. yes. You know, because I, I, I think... People who are not necessarily uncomfortable, because everyone's uncomfortable at first mm-hmm. with things that are different. Right. But people who actually are afraid and, and, and hate difference. 
and just because uh, they fear it. Mm-hmm. I, I think point. we need yeah. to break beyond that, and we need to throw chancla at xenophobia and shatter it and help people be free. I love Perfect. it. Ten million chanclas for Ten that. Ten million chanclas, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much, thank Mayor Bowen. My pleasure. Candidate for the 46th? That's right. 46th Congressional District. Santa Ana. Santa Ana. When is the primary? Orange. It's June 7th. So June 7th. Folks start voting at the end of May if they're a permanent absentee voter. And don't forget to register to vote online at val2016.com slash register. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. Thank That was a great interview with our friend Bao. Yes, that it was, was awesome. I well, love talking to him. I think yeah, I always learn something new, and he's he's plus he has a really calming voice. He does. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we should have a podcast con el que se llame Bauricio. Bauricio after dark. After dark, yes, <laughs> perfect. Well, that wraps up our our, our very political show yes. today. Um, which we said we promised we wanted to make sure we have some political talk on this show. So we, we brought you some of that. So we got to do our 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 famous. Segment la chancla. So, do you have somebody that, or a concept or thing that receives your chancla, Luis? Yes, I want to throw the chancla to myself because <laughs> I just had so many drinks last night, and Dios mío. Are you I, a little hungover? I am super hungover, so chanclazo to me. Ay! What about you? Oh, well, what do I want to throw the chancla at? I guess um, I want to throw the chancla at prescription painkillers. Okay. Because uh, they took a great legend this week. We lost Prince. Um, yes. Very sad. It was re- uh, recently, at least it, it sounds like that, that, that prescription painkillers were um, involved. But it was just a very, very tragic loss of, of music this week. Um, so I just want to say that I, I, I'm, yesterday I had a great time with some good friends. We listened to all of Prince's records and we put on a, a purple light. So it could be some purple rain. So it was good times. Perfect. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun. Day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one. Doctor, everything will be alright. Instead of asking how much of your time is left, ask how much of your mind, baby. Cause in this life, things are much harder than the afterworld. This life, you're on your own. And if the elevator tries to break you down. Well, that brings us to the, the close of our show. Um, where can people find us? They can find us on social media, um, in Instagram, Tamarindo Podcast. Also on Twitter. Twitter, Tamarindo Cast. Yes. And also, obviously, on iTunes. On, on iTunes. Yes. We're on iTunes now. We're, we're legit. We're legit. We're always still on SoundCloud for some of you that maybe don't have the Apple. Yes. Oh, oh yes. Shout out to our producer. <laughs> 
<laughs> Shout out to our producer, Jeff DeVoe, who, uh, by the way, has a show coming up. What? what? You can see Jeff Does, Is he going to give us free tickets? Yes. Okay. Yes. Tamarindo. If you mention Tamarindo at the door, you get in for free. You get a chanclazo. <laughs> no. No. Anyways, check it out. It's in Long Beach. Um, where exactly, producer Jeff? Can you tell us? You can tell us. Uh, yeah, the, the show is going to be in Long Beach. Bobo Kitchen Rooftop Party by the beach. Yeah, the, the uh, address is 144 Pine Avenue. 144 Pine Avenue. What's the name, the name of the event again? Love LB. Love LB. Just like you love Tamarindo, come exactly. Love LB. Yeah. Come check out Producer Jeff DeVoe on May 1st, also, 2016. On, on June 12th, I'll be playing in downtown LA at Oso. Oh, nice. who likes the Osos? I like also, and you're gonna play at also when June what? Yeah, the name of the name of the Sunday. The name of the party there is uh, Shine Shine Party. Okay, Rock great. All right, we'll put all that all that great stuff um, in the notes, and also don't forget to buy a Globito because not only can you win one, you can also buy one. Yes. Where can they find those? Well, you can find us on Instagram, uh, Globitos at Globitos uh, substitute O for zeros, and um, you just basically. Send us an email. Globitos.usa at gmail.com. More, more notes on that. And also, one last thing. If you heard a little bit of music, don't forget that we record with a lot of neighbors that practice band music. So they provide us a little extra background music. Thank you, neighbors. Patraca for our neighbors. Yeah, woo! All right. Talk to you soon. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI 220099.